Hello, I'm Arafat, I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello and welcome to Slow Pit Stop, the international Formula One podcast by fans, for fans, all around the world. My name is Arafat, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Mohammed. Say hi, Dr. Mohammed. Hi, Dr. Mohammed. Congratulations <laughs> on reaching this milestone in your education. Uh, I'm very excited to be playing with the lives of real people in my hands and not just practicing all day. <laughs> so for people that don't know, um, Mohammed has done something called Match. And the USA has a nonsensical system uh, hmm. for their medical students, which is a bit like Tinder, where first you go on and you try to select a hospital and then you wait to see if the hospital selects you back. <laughs> you go on a first date or an interview just to see how things are. And then based on that, if, it, if it's a good click and a good match, you get to have a job. Um, and Mohammed, apparently you uh, did very, very well in this situation. Yeah, I, I matched with my first choice hospital. I'm very excited for it. And you know, the Tinder um, analogy is very accurate because there's all kinds of like, should I message them again? I know it's just a day after the, the first date interview. <laughs> should I should I send them an email? Should I send them a handwritten note? Should I should I leave it? Is that Am I coming on too strong? So yeah, that's basically what it was like the whole time. But um, I'm now not officially yet a doctor for a just couple weeks left until I actually earn, get the yeah. title added to my name. But for all intents and purposes, this is now a show with two full medical physicians on it, which is exciting. You can talk about... So happy for you and so excited for you. But at the same time, I, I feel <laughs> exhausted for you because I remember what it's like, you know, to be at your stage. Yeah. And like right now, it's great. You know, I remember just graduating, starting my first day ever of work. Yeah. I felt like I was Dr. House or something. I was like, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. And then literally two patients into the situation and I was like oh my god I learned nothing over the last five years I wasted my time what have I been doing I know nothing at all and it's, yeah. it's a really steep learning curve there's loads of work and then it's like a big hierarchy isn't it and you know in the yeah. in the ecosystem that is the hospital the the attending or the consultant is the lion the yeah. residents are like the monkeys and you starting out, you're like the mold that's growing on the trees. That's that's where you are in the. So it's tough times, but also very exciting times. Yeah, um, it's gonna beat being a student because as a student, I was non-existent. Nobody saw me. Yeah, people walked into me. They're like, "Oh, are you still here?" So <laughs> at least I have. The best moment is the end of the first month when you get paid and you're like, oh yeah, okay, I can keep doing this. <laughs> exciting, exciting. Exactly. But speaking of getting paid, shall we hit the news? Yeah, what's going on? So, Mohammed, mm -hmm. you matched. And also, Jensen Button <laughs> is going to be driving in NASCAR. He told the Associated Press, a lot of people think I'm crazy for doing this because it's so different, but that's why I love the challenge of it. For me, it's not about how quick the car is, it's about how close the racing can be. So this is in preparation for this. I don't fully understand the World Endurance Championship or Le Mans, but there's going to be some special garage entry into Le Mans where people can bring another type of car. And they're going to be bringing a NASCAR. And Jensen's going to be one of the three drivers of that car. Oh. So this is part of his preparation. He's going to be doing three races. What do you think about this? Very exciting, and I think Kimi Raikkonen is is uh, there the same weekend, or maybe not another yeah. F one driver. But it is cool, you know. NASCAR isn't like that 
bad. Like once I started getting into motorsport, I realized like there's there is some appeal to NASCAR as well. And I think for these F1 drivers to be going basically living their own life, like I think it's cool. I think it's fun. If it was easy for me to go to Austin and attend that race, I think I definitely would. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It'd be so fun to see Jensen Button racing. Again. This whole cross pollination thing, I really like because yeah, yeah, like we know Formula One, and it, it lets us sort of dip our toe into NASCAR and IndyCar and all these other things and learn a lot more about and the world endurance championship i'm starting to learn a bit about now so yeah i think it's really good to have drivers from different series moving around because they take the fan base with them yeah i don't understand the 24 hours of le mans because i watched it now for a couple years in a row and there's just so many different types of cars and different categories and i'm like who's actually winning how do you race cars that are not in your league so i don't fully understand that we need a drive to survive for le mans yeah not for i think there Ferrari. is one well not like drive to survive but michael fassbender because he drove a portion oh. he did a documentary series about his journey oh. to le mans i gotta watch it then yeah all right we'll do we'll do a review of that on the on the episode um so muhammad yeah you matched but also angela cullen is no longer working uh, with lewis hamilton she put out a message saying thank you for supporting me believing in me and showing me the limitless potential we all have within us i'm so excited to watch the next chapter for you there's nothing you can't do don't stop believing. Life's a journey is one big wave. Keep riding, dream big, as dreams do come true. Forever by your side, still we rise. You know when they when the like news articles came out, they were like Lewis Hamilton announces split from longtime physio Angela Cullen, and I was like, announce a split? Were they together? No, they weren't together. But like the wording, I think threw she's me married and has two kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew that too, but it was just like the way they worded it, announce a split. You don't say that for like, you know, your physical therapist. Yeah. But um, I, you know, there's a lot about this, okay? Because everyone thinks it's an impending sign of Lewis Hamilton retiring and that he's given up. And I forgot who it was. Somebody even said like, I think Lewis has lost all of his motivation and you can just see him driving in the car. He doesn't care anymore. And I don't know where any of this came from. Lewis has always been an emotional person and he's always shown his emotion right on his chest and never hidden it. And when he does well, he's over the moon. And when he does poorly, he's really sad. And I I don't know why Angela left, but I don't think that it is an impending sign of his retirement. Um, It is really sad though. My guess is that Maybe she had always planned to leave at this time, assuming that Lewis had won his eighth. And while he can wait to win his eighth, maybe she has other goals in her life and she doesn't necessarily want to wait so many years to achieve those goals. What do you think, Arfat? Yeah, I think seven years is a long time. And it's really tough yeah. to travel around the world so much, be away from family so much, be away from home, yeah. be so unsettled and nomadic. I mean, any of us, if you said, hey, you can have a year working in a Formula One team, we'd all love it you know go to every Mm -hmm. race and all of this sort of stuff but after some time being away from home and family all that time must be really difficult and i can see why you know people would want a change of scenery so i don't think there's too much to be read into it you know lewis has had lots of other trainers in the past adam costanzo Mm -hmm. clayton green um so this is just the next chapter for him yeah i do wonder how it's going to affect him when he travels because we do know that angela was like did i tell you about when i spoke to adam costanza sorry i totally interrupted you you so basically angela worked for a company called hintza right so hintza was set up by aki hintza who died in 2016 he was the mclaren team physician this is the guy that Mm -hmm. i used to basically be his intern 
so he put me yeah. in touch with the different teams. So, you know, I used to meet Lewis's trainers back then, which was um, Clayton Green, and I met Adam Costanzo. Wow. And Adam um, is Australian. Yeah. And my problem is sometimes when I'm talking to people, I start mirroring their accent. <laughs> so the first time I spoke to him, it was on Skype. And he's chatting away in his Australian accent. And I start putting on a really bad Australian accent. And I'm like, oh, no, what's happening? And I could hear myself doing it. And I was like, please stop, please stop, please stop. And then I went to Geneva to meet them in person. Mm-hmm. And um, who was there? There was, there was two other people there. There was a woman. She was Australian as well. Basically, everyone was speaking with an Australian accent. And again, I start <laughs> uh, doing this. And I'm like, oh, what is happening? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I have a really bad habit of mirroring accents. I need to stop. That's absolutely hilarious. I can't believe how close you got to Lewis without actually meeting Lewis. I met Lewis. <laughs> you met Lewis? Yeah, at 2016. I'm talking about in McLaren. Oh, yeah, yeah, in McLaren. I saw him. I think it was 2010 or something in the canteen. Oh, really? Mm. Wow. I didn't know that. That's incredible. Why didn't you go up to him and talk to him? Because he was super intense. He was always walking like a million miles an hour. He was like, come on, let's hustle, hustle, hustle. Let's get this car as fast as we can. And then Jensen okay. Button would be sat there being like, I'm a world champion now. Let's have a cup of coffee. <laughs> Like he was so laid back. It was completely opposite. Lewis was also a world champion by that point. <laughs> yeah, but I think Lewis had in his mind he wanted to be a three-time world champion. Oh, okay. Whereas Jensen wow. had a different perspective on things. He'd struggled so long to get to that first race win that to yeah. even get to having a championship was, I think it was just very settling for him. Remember we talked about how Sebastian Vettel yeah, yeah. mellowed. Yeah. Um, so I think that championship mellowed Jensen Button maybe. Or maybe he was always yeah. laid back. Who knows? But Lewis, I think, was always very intense until he got the three championships, and then he started chilling out. Do you think he's still like that in the Mercedes? Do you think he's like walking like with a purpose, like let's go, let's go, let's go, let's get this car faster? I think so. <laughs> I, the, think, I think I think that probably doesn't like... change. Um, yeah, but I think he yeah. will have a calmer demeanor about him the way Jensen did because I think Jensen was still very hardworking, but he mm-hmm. had a, a calmer affect. That's so cool. I wish that. You know, I was very young at that time. I wish I had been on your shadow the way you're on Dr. Aki Hinsey's shadow. We could have been each other's shadows. I know, it would have been great. <laughs> yeah, but we wish all the best for Angela Cullen um, and hope that Lewis gets another confidant, another friend that can help him out around the track. But, Muhammad, yeah. you matched. And speaking Woo! of new chapters, the Mazapins are trying to sneak back into Formula One. <laughs> how's that so What's their plan joe sayward reported that there seemed to be at this moment in time two relatively serious outfits that would like to get into formula one whether formula one yeah. want them or not is a different story yeah. <laughs> but it's basically andretti yeah another situation called high tech so high tech yeah, yeah. you know they've got a technical team headed by mark smith who was at jordan who was in formula one since the 1990s and he's worked at Sauber yeah. force india and yeah. it's run by someone called Ollie Oaks, who is a former world kart champion. Mm-hmm. But he's long been associated with the Mazepin family, who mm. owned high tech until the war in Ukraine began last year. Mm. So the FIA guidelines says, you know, owners must be fit and proper persons, and the Mazepins are both sanctioned by the European Union and so wouldn't qualify. But technically, right now, on paper, Ollie Oaks is the owner. So is this a situation where he comes into Formula One and then later on the Mazepins fund him and he has to give them a seat? Um, It would be tough. 
it'd be tough. But the thing is, weirdly, we kind of want the sanctions to end, not because we like the Mazepins, but because we want the situation in Ukraine to be over. We want people to be able to live in peace. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we want that whole situation to end. And a bizarre side effect of that may be that the Mazepins are trying to sneak back into F1. So we'll keep an eye on that and see what happens. Yeah, I... Part of me is like it'll definitely happen because F1 loves dirty money. They hate when their money is clean and pristine and there's no issues with it. They they need that dirty money in their in their system. Um, but it's also they've clearly made it very hard to come back into F1. So who knows? We'll keep we'll keep an eye on it, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shall we get into our review of the Saudi Grand Prix? Yes, let's go. So let's start with qualifying. I was listening on the radio to qualifying on the BBC, mm. which was very exciting with Andrew Benson and the other one. Um, <laughs> Do you know how uh, Julian Palmer? No, who's the other one? Jack, Jack Nicholson. Yes, him. Yeah. Do you want to know how I was watching it? How are you watching it? <laughs> I was getting my, I don't know what you call it in uh, the UK, but we call it ACLS over here. Do you know like advanced cardiac life skills? Do you know what that is? Like CPR and things. Yeah, but like when running a code in a hospital. Yeah, like yeah. So that. we just call it yeah. ALS, advanced life support. So we have BLS, oh, okay. basic life yeah, support, yeah. ILS, intermediate, and then ALS, advanced life support. Okay, yeah. So we call it ACLS, but same exact concept. But yeah, so I was doing my recertification because now I need to know it. And um, it was during uh, the quality. So I had my headphones in my ear and I had my F1 TV app open in my, on my phone. And nice. I was doing CPR and I was also... <laughs> as your but, uh, heart rate starts to go up you, you push on the chest a bit faster i know <laughs> but um yeah so a couple of big things happened in quali uh there was the big probably the biggest thing is that in q2 max verstappen had a power unit problem and had to go back into the garage and it was funny because i think it was like i forgot who said it he was like the team has five minutes to fix the car before uh, qual- uh q2 ends will they do it like obviously they were not going to fix the car <laughs> in five minutes to get the car back out but um i wanted to ask you if I, we we saw this a little bit last year it was definitely like a red herring we thought the red bulls reliability woes would be a lot worse than they were like i remember you said oh yeah that car will not finish some races uh spoiler alert it finished every single race after you said that so, <laughs> <laughs> is this a is this a, a problem or is it too soon to say um i think it's too soon to say but i think it's just part of the philosophy that they followed um we you know we, we considered you know leclerc qualifying second on the grid but then getting a penalty yeah. as well because they were fragile as well Ferrari yeah. they've used yeah. up all their ECU things and I think when it comes to these engines you saw AlphaTauri Nick DeVries missed one of the practice sessions because he needed mm-hmm. his engine Anyone, and stuff yeah. changed yeah so Mercedes built a very very reliable engine but are probably mm-hmm. not the fastest engine anymore mm-hmm. the other teams went let's make something super fast mm-hmm. and compromise on reliability and we'll build it in later because the, the engine rules are frozen performance mm-hmm. is frozen but you can make changes for reliability so this was mm-hmm. one of the you saw how many times the alpine broke down last year i yeah. think they had some water cooler thing that was leaking or i don't know but they, they knew about it and they're like we can't really fix this till next year when we can spend mm-hmm. our tokens or whatever but they went they came at f1 with the idea of let's make something really fast if it's fragile, we'll fix it later. Yeah. And, you know, maybe with by the next race, Red Bull will fix all their problems. 
but yeah. um, Mercedes have gone the other way. They went, they went, built something reliable that potentially is just not as fast, and they're they're suffering for it now. But on the other hand, they do get to pick up points whenever people like you know that we are tied now. Mercedes is tied with Aston Martin for yeah. second. Yeah, I mean technically we're third because of positions, but on points we're tied. Yeah, for second. remember I said like. I, th- I think other teams are going to go up and down. Like Ferrari yeah. will go up and down, but I think Mercedes will consistently yeah. plug away. Yeah. They've got two good drivers. Yeah. Even if they're not on the podium, they're going to always be in the top six, just getting points, getting points, getting points. I yeah. think that's what they're going to be able to do. Do you think that uh, Red Bull solves it this weekend and that's it? We don't see it anymore since compared to last year? Like how last year they did Ugh. that? I don't know. Um, I think both cars were having problems this weekend, so I, I, I don't think it's yeah. a quick fix by Australia. Maybe, you know, after the flyaway races are done, everyone's back at Milton Keynes in the factory and they can really examine things and get things sorted. Okay. Maybe then onwards they'll be on top of it. But I think yeah. for the flyaway races, for now, they're probably still a little vulnerable. Yeah. Let's hope for a Red Bull double DNF next yeah. <laughs> race. But <laughs> your dad uh, sent in a new... It's funny, we both have family members who sent in voice messages this time. If you guys want to send in your own voice message, it is speakpipe.com slash slowpitstop. That's speakpipe, S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E.com slash slowpitstop. We would love to hear your voice and respond to you guys. We honestly are looking forward to it. So the first one we have is from Arfad's dad, who I think will become our designated quality reviewer. Hi. The Saudi quality is really, really frustrating to see Louis struggling. I'm a Louis fan and really it hurts to see Louis struggling. I don't know what the marks are doing. I expected them to bounce back in Saudi, but they haven't done anything. I think it's so sad to see Mark struggling. I hope they recover quickly. I think your dad is disappointed that the he- Total Wolf did not heed his advice to build an entire yeah. new B-Spec car. <laughs> what it's did you really think, tough. Arfad? Like we're all Lewis Hamilton fans here. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree with my dad. I think it's tough. We're all Lewis Hamilton fans here, and you know, he's just not comfortable in the car. And you see the difference it makes when a driver can be in a machine that they're comfortable with, like. I, we're not talking about the race yet, but Lance Stroll made a great overtake. I can't remember where it was, but remember, he brilliant move. And it's just because he has the confidence in the car to be and able Carlos to do that. Sainz. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, I don't know, the the analogy I'll use is, imagine having Usain Bolt trying to run the 100 meters, but he's having to wear like high heels or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just, he's just not in his, in, in the right window to, to, yeah be able to show off his skill so i have a hot take you want to hear my hot take go for it my hot take is that this track is just not a lewis hamilton track and i still think he's very good at it we'll get it we'll talk about it later but he clearly he's still very good at what he does he took a set of medium tires and he made them last like 30 laps he's very very talented but last year you look at it too last year he was running the experiments he had some crazy experiments and he couldn't get his car out of q2 it was very heartbreaking but still he just couldn't get comfortable with the setup of the car and i think that's what happened this week too because i remember i asked you last year for saudi i said is george russell a better qualifier than lewis he was faster than him in every session and you said 
for whatever reason, Lewis was not comfortable with the car at this track. And it's, again, it's happened the exact same thing again this um, weekend. So I just think it's this track. But again, we cannot get lower than last year. Lewis was out in Q2 last year. He was yeah. stuck in like P15 the whole time or something. He just, it was horrible. So for me, the quality was fine today. You know, he qualified, I guess, eighth or something. And he ended yeah. up starting seventh because of Leclerc's penalty. He ended up finishing fifth. I'm pretty happy with his performance. Yeah. But I can understand the frustration. Two fifth places. And yeah, it's frustrating, but I think he's doing the best that he can do. Yeah, and I think we'll get and I think we'll get to other tracks where Lewis is much more comfortable, and we'll see him performing a lot better. But I I wasn't too upset with their quality pace. But yeah, I can understand the frustration. Um, moving on to the race, Arfat, what did you think about the race itself compared to last year? It was boring, wasn't it? <laughs> maybe yes. <laughs> it was boring because actually the whole time, you know, maybe at the beginning you're a bit oh Alonso's in the lead and. A bit of little bit of excitement, stroll over taking signs, but then it all kind of everybody settled into their positions. Nothing really happened. There was a pointless safety card that didn't need to happen that showed <laughs> the Formula One stuff is out of date and pointless. And then <laughs> the only real jeopardy was, oh, will the Red Bulls break? Are they too fragile? They've got this reliability thing. But I remember saying this last year: we don't want championships and races decided by reliability. We want mm-hmm. people to be able to show off their skill. And mm-hmm. no one was. They they were all just kind of more or less in the same position. And you're waiting for the end of the race to see if, you know, people on a different tire strategy could do something. And mm-hmm. it, it nothing really happened. You know, I, I think the last half was particularly boring. The first half, I thought that there was still a lot of potential. I remember getting to the 25 lap mark and thinking, oh, there's still half a race. Who knows? You know, but then the second half, I thought absolutely nothing happened. Everyone was in their position. Um and literally nobody challenged for anything. Nobody went up. Nobody went down. It was horrible. But the first, well, there were some exciting midfield fights in the back of the of the back back of the pack. Kevin Magnuson, uh, Nick Devries. There, there were some fighting over there. Yuka Sonoda. But if you ignore, I mean, that was like, does anybody really want to see that? Does anybody want to see people fighting for fifteenth place? So I think the first half, though, I think it had a little bit going for it. And it's interesting. I don't know. Two years ago, this race was so exciting. And our Red Bull fan, Adam, said he thought last year's race was the most exciting of the season, which is just bonkers. It's just a, it's just wrong. I'm sorry, Adam, if you're listening, that was just a wrong take. But I thought two years ago was quite exciting. And I don't know why the track has now settle, settled into being not very exciting at all. Yeah, I think the differences between the cars was just too much or I don't know. Yeah. But hopefully next year that's another good one. Well, so that brings us to our next point. Is Red Bull too strong? You know, Lewis Hamilton was saying that um, he's never seen a car this fast. He said, even when we were fast, I don't think we were this fast. And to play us in, we'll listen to a voice message by our next guest, Mr. Andre Costello. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Andre Costello from Portugal, and I'm 21 years old. Uh, Now I've cooled off after the race, and now I'm calmer because Alonso got his podium back. But I can feel but disappointed about the current state of F1, where we have a team completely dominating the competition, and that can't be good for anyone. The problem isn't the rules, for say, because there's nothing in them that would have favoured a certain team in particular, but the advantage that Red Bull has now 
seems to be locked in for years to come. So unfortunately, I could see them winning everything until the next rule cycle uh, in 2026. But congrats to, to Red Bull for achieving their current form. They have the best car, the best driver at the moment, and also seem to have the best oil team in terms of operations and how to manage a team. So a, a team and a race. So well, well done, guys. I want to say to our listeners, Andre is very consistent. He is not a Mercedes fan. He's just a fan of the sport. And I remember in 2020, he was, or even before that, he would say like, "Ugh, I hate the Mercedes domination. I hate the Mercedes domination. They're way too ahead. I, I can't wait for the new regulations to bring us all together. Uh, and then this year with Red Bull so ahead, he, he has kept his message the same. So thank you, Andre, for being a principled fan. But Arfat, okay, we got to talk about this. What What is happening with Red Bull? Do you really feel that they are further ahead that, uh, of second place than any team has ever been before? So the race did a breakdown of this, and they talked about percentages over the whole track. Um, now, some people are saying what Lewis was referring to is the amount of speed that Red Bull generate when their DRS is open. Yeah, that was the context of the question. Yeah. That was that was the clip they showed him, yeah. and then he was coming. And I think yeah. so. Even on the TV, you could see it. You're like, whoa, the speed that the Red Bulls were going was incredible. Um, yeah. I think what's disappointing is even Verstappen was saying, look, the championship is between our two cars. He said that this weekend. Second race in, Verstappen has declared, we have no competition. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it is tough. You want competition. You know, I keep talking about years like um, 2012 when there was so many different winners from so many different teams, and that's what you want to see. Yeah. Um, I think there's this question of should the FIA step in and slow down Red Bull? And you look at, you know, when Mercedes were dominating, things kept happening, like party mode engines were banned, DAS mm-hmm. was banned. Things that Mercedes were doing kept being banned. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not an engineer. I don't know how we would go about doing this, but rather than slowing down Red Bull I think what we need is a set of regulations or you know I'm just doing this as a thought experiment I I have no idea how you'd practically make this work but rather than slowing down the team that has done a good job Mm -hmm. you want to make it easy for the other teams to be able to catch up do you know what I mean so that was kind of I'll let you finish no no that, that was it I was going to say that was kind of what happened last year at the summer break when they made the porpoising rule. It didn't, it wasn't intended to like slow anyone down in particular uh, because it hit everyone the same, but it gave the opportunity for other teams to catch up. So that is sort of the regulation change that you want to see. You don't want like people to be like, you, I, I don't want the next FIA rule to be Adrian Newey design cars are no, are no longer allowed on track, yeah. you know, because that clearly targets Red Bull. But I think it's pretty clear now that Red Bull has a crazy high advantage. Whether it's higher than Merck in 2014 and 2020, that people are going to debate, I think, depends on what team you support. I think Mercedes fans will point to examples and say that, no, we never had a gap this large. And I think Red Bull fans will point to examples and say, you know, uh, you definitely did. And Lewis outqualified uh, everyone in P2 by a, a second and a half. And Mercedes was turning down their engines. I saw an analysis by somebody else on Twitter who went and looked at all of the gaps in quality uh, of the first place team to the second place. And uh, he determined uh, that it was 0.6 seconds in 2023 from the first two races on average 
that was Red Bull's gap, whereas for Mercedes, it never went over 0.4 seconds. That was his, when, when he went back and he looked at the data. So I, I really think depending on how you decide to look at the data, you can come up with a case for either. But what is clear is nobody is challenging Red Bull. No one is challenging Red Bull right now. I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, do we want the FIA to step in? I think yes, but... At the same time, for us Mercedes fans, I think we always looked at this year as a transitional year, and we always saw it as Mercedes has a shot for next year. And Bryson Sullivan said something really interesting on his Tech Heads podcast. Um, He said that Mercedes almost won P2 with the wrong concept of car. Imagine what they could do with the right concept of car. And I really think we should give them a chance, and I think hopefully, hopefully next year, Mercedes has that B-spec car and they make a huge jump ahead the way Aston Martin has. And that brings me to the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, Erfat. Wrong concept car. We have the wrong concept car. And yet this weekend, we were faster than Ferrari. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think Ferrari are struggling. Um, I think someone pointed out they were slower this weekend than they even were last year with the new car. So I don't know what's happening there. I think it's going to be tough for them because having a new team principal means you lose momentum. People are trying to either protect their sp- yeah. their space and save themselves and all of this sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think they have lost a bit of momentum. They're going to go backwards a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, they've got like all these people jumping ship and looking for new jobs, and I don't know. Yeah, you know what? But- di- you know what did impress me though was their. I thought their strategy was pretty good. They dummy stroll into pitting early uh, when the overcut doesn't work or the undercut doesn't work on this track and they were able to. So I thought, you know, I forgot who the new guy is. I I think he is actually of South Asian descent. So kudos to you, fellow South Asian of descent guy um, for for putting off a pretty good strategy from Ferrari because everyone was like, oh, box, box for Carlos Sainz. And then he just didn't box. And I was like, oh, look at that. Good, good move. But uh, yeah, something has, is going on with them, and and let's see if they if they write their their I don't know write their ship is that how the phrase is write your vessel. I write think so. Your... Write the Ferrari. <laughs> write the Ferrari. Yeah. But speaking of Mercedes, our team, let's uh, tune into our dedicated fan uh, Mansi. She has something to say about Mercedes. Hello, Slowfit Stop. Mansi here from India. Uh, this race had the potential to be something great, but uh, as always, it was very bad. I think George uh, should have allowed Lewis <laughs> to pass uh, him um, for the potential of uh, Alonso Hamilton battle in otherwise a very, very, very boring race. Um, interesting radios from Ferrari and Red Bull. I want to see what the future holds for those two teams. I mean, we know what Ferrari is going to do, but I'm excited about how that Red Bull pairing is going to go forward. It doesn't seem like everything is forgotten from last year, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, she brings up a really interesting point um, about George and Lewis. Uh, there's That's a whole thing. Okay, so we put it on our Twitter. We said, who was George in the wrong or was he faster than Lewis? So if you don't remember what basically what happened was Lewis was on the medium tire. He was on a different strategy than George because he started on the hard tire, switched to the medium, got right up behind George who was on the hard tire and was sort of harassing him. And it really looked like Mercedes was going to play 
uh, team orders and have Lewis get around George and go after Alonzo for that podium position. Um, and instead of that, George got on the radio and he said, um, you know, we need to stay within five seconds and we don't need to be fighting because Alonzo has a penalty to serve. Uh, and then his team, uh, his, his race engineer got back to him and said, oh no, Alonzo has actually served his penalty. And then George went, oh, F. Yeah. Which is <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. So I think somehow in the middle of that, people started saying that George has defied team orders. I don't know if he actually defied team orders or if there's a b- piece of radio that I'm missing or I haven't heard, but after that, Lewis stopped harassing George and he kept a distance of about two seconds because he was on the medium tire and it was clear that he had to make it last till the end. So Arfat, we put a, t- a poll out on our Twitter asking people who was in the right. 57% said Lewis was robbed of that podium position and 43% said George was faster than Lewis. He deserved to keep his spot. What do you think? I think it's very ambitious. I think, you know, if Mercedes had said something to George like, hey, Lewis is on a different strategy. We're going to let him ahead. If he doesn't overtake Alonso, he'll give the position back to you. Mm-hmm. That could make sense. That might be a way of keeping harmony in the team. But also, you know, Lewis, when he's talking later, he's saying, you know, the car set up, I got it wrong. I wasn't as comfortable. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be faster than George. I could just keep up with him. So if mm-hmm. Lewis is saying, look, I wasn't faster than George, why are we saying, oh, yeah, he would have been faster. He would have got a podium and all these sort of things. So, you know, these things between teammates can go on to cause bad blood later and you Mm -hmm. see the whole mess at Red Bull at the minute in terms of how those teammates are Mm -hmm. behaving but I think Mm -hmm. actually in the grand scheme of things this probably wasn't a big deal yeah you know Jack Nicholson said something on checkered flag he said that right now the role between Lewis and George isn't so much competitive but it's Lewis recognizes that George wants to win races and he wants to win a championship and he wants to win his eighth so he's just in mentor mode. He's just trying to mentor George, give him that championship winning uh, mentality. He's not trying to snuff it out. He has no reason to snuff it out. So I think, you know, I don't think Lewis is ever going to come out. Remember, and say, I yeah, said George. this in 2021. I said, if George was yeah. there, he would have been in P2 behind Lewis and Verstappen wouldn't have got close to Lewis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> there was something else that I, uh, remember I sent you a meme <laughs> And I was like, you called it, Arfa. I don't remember what it was, though, but (laughs) they should have sacked Botas and put George in that car. Exactly. (laughs) But I said that all the way back then, before it even happened. And I think that's, you know, this is what Mercedes want. They've got two drivers that are getting very, very close results to each other, which means they're maximizing what that car can give us. If one of them was getting third, fourth, third, fourth, and the other one was like eighth, ninth, then we'd say they're not maximizing the points. Okay, they're not winning races, but at least they can Mm -hmm. maximize the points they have where they're both very close to each other. There's one point between the two of them or two points or something like that. But um, so, yeah, I think they they have a great pairing. They probably will have to manage the situation going forward. And until they are fighting for a championship, these little things don't matter. I agree. Uh, There's a lot of people who are mad mad at George, but... um, Look, the sad reality is this weekend, George was just a better fit in the car. That's how it was last year, too. It will not always be like that. Even if you look at Bahrain, Lewis, yeah, he was out-qualified by George, but he made a very nice move, and he held that position. Exactly. Yeah, so, um, yes. Uh, What do we have next on our list? Oh, yes. Okay, so we listened to to your dad's voice message, and now my nine-year-old nephew has sent in a voice message and to give people context he only watches formula one because of me <laughs> he has no other we, that's how he got into it so um he may be parroting 
my things. I'm not sure. I haven't listened to this, but let's see what he had to say. Hello, our friend Muhammad. My name is Abdi, and I am in the U.S. I don't think this race was good for Ferrari or Mercedes, but Lewis was doing pretty well with medium tires. From the start of the race, I could tell that they were going unusually fast. I thought this would be a good race for Mercedes, but it wasn't. Fernando was doing pretty well in second place for the longest of time. Meanwhile, Lance's wheel was smoking. They had to bring out the fire extinguishers. Yes, they did have to bring out the fire extinguishers. Uh, yeah, but you he know, speaks better Mercedes- than you. I should replace I you with him. <laughs> it was very articulate uh, for my nine-year-old nephew. I'm very proud of him. Um, but you know, Mercedes did say it was going to be a better track for them, and it did end up being a better track for them. So hopefully, we see better tracks down the field. But let's talk about Lance Stroll. Let's talk about that safety car. Let's talk about the FIA's GPS positioning. Yeah. So Lance did nothing wrong. Lance had some problem. He pulled off into a safe area, got the car off the track. And then they put out the safety car, which wasn't really needed. A full safety car. Yeah. And then they were like, later, they were like, oh, we thought the GPS showed that he was still on the track. This is my problem with F1. We'll talk about this later with the podium thing as well. But my feeling is the FIA or whatever, whoever makes the rules of stewards, I don't know what the system is but they haven't updated or invested in things since 1990. (laughs) And I think this is the ghost of the previous owners. The previous owners stripped F1 of profits and just kept all the money for themselves and didn't invest. You know, Liberty Media have come in and created the the app, F1 Fantasy, modernized a lot of things. And I think bit by bit they're realizing all this stuff that is 20, 30 years old and should have been updated, now we're going to have to do it. Um, and they're they're discovering things as they go, unfortunately. And I, I don't blame Liberty. I blame the previous owners because they should have invested and modernized as they went. And instead, they just they let it rot. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, look here. Even if you think that the car is on track and you don't have a video image of the car, put the virtual safety car out first. Then get your visual confirmation. Then put the real safety car out. <laughs> I almost feel like they wanted to continue their 100% streak of having a safety car out at the Saudi Grand Prix. So they were like, yeah, let's let's do it. You can never be too safe. But when they cut to Lance Stroll's car and it was like 99% off the track and it was just like his rear wing that was still on the runoff area of the track. I was like, oh my God, this is <laughs> so unnecessary. But you know what? It did allow Lewis to... Uh, salvage his strategy and I know he was saying he got unlucky and it should have come 10 laps later but um, putting him on the hard tire was a very difficult decision and he had to go separate from George he couldn't go the same as George and I think that's why George took the medium he took the hard the hard wasn't a very good tire um, but he made it work and then he got to get rid of it quickly and get onto a better tire much faster than everyone else which is why he was competitive enough to get around Carlos Sainz and maybe even harass George a little bit so I think it worked out for his for him in the end um, I'm sure he'll get back to the team and do the debrief and, and realize that himself I've already done the debrief with the team that's why I can say that um, I think that it allowed him to get around Carlos Sainz. But what about Aston Martin? What is happening with Aston Martin? His the brake was smoking on the grid before they even uh, had the lights out. Do you think this is another reliability woe? Don't know. I think like Red Bull until they get back to Europe and sort through things. Maybe it's a vulnerability for the rest of the flyaway races. Mm-hmm. But often these things are just a one-off. 
Well, that's disappointing. I was hoping for multiple one-offs that would allow Mercedes to get <laughs> P2. <laughs> yeah, but I do think hopefully Mercedes is the most reliable. Last year, they only had one issue with the reliability, and that was the final race when things didn't really matter anyway. Oh my god, Arfa, can you imagine if instead of having Lewis having his race stolen from him in Abu Dhabi 21, he had a reliability issue that forced him to retire in Abu Dhabi 21? What do you think the reaction would have been like from fans? It would have been sad, but it, it wouldn't have felt unjust. It would have felt unlucky. Yeah. I think that's the difference. Yeah. You you would have accepted unlucky, yeah. but I think people find unjust harder to accept. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, okay, so now we have to get to the number one issue of contention from this weekend, which was the absolute bonkers banana horrible 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 officiating that led to alonzo being on the podium accepting his trophy celebrating (laughs) with some seven up and then having that taken away from him taking the george russell who got a picture taken with it and said oh hey look first piece of silverware or whatever but he did he was magnanimous in it he said that you know alonzo deserved it but then two hours later having to go back to aston martin and return what a let joke. us listen. Let us listen to Adam, who recorded before and after the whole fiasco. Okay, guys, it's Adam here, and I think you know what I'm going to say. Hopefully, not everybody leaves the same message, but those huh. penalties were nonsense. Mm-hmm. Two weeks in a row now, we have the same issue, and clearly, this is going to be the meatball flag of this generation now, ruining race after race, and specifically, apparently, Alonso's races. As I think he got pretty heavily um, messed over, shall we say, by driving with a, without a mirror a few races ago last year. So this is looking terrible. Hmm. And uh, kudos to George, honestly, for standing up and uh, you know really being a class act about saying he didn't deserve third place. And the, the speed with which this penalty was applied is just utterly absurd. So that's my feeling for the week. And... For all the British people out there, it's about time I said this. It's not on the limit at the weekend. It's at the limit on the weekend. <laughs> thank you very much. Bye-bye. So thank you, Adam, for correcting British people. How dare they speak the way they are supposed to speak? Um, but that it was funny because he sent that, and then the rule got reversed, and then this is what he sent afterwards. Well, that penalty was reversed, <laughs> so obviously I'm calling in again. That's very encouraging, and I really hope that... There are very much fewer of these, and especially the grid box ones, too. If we get a grid box per race, that's going to be amazing. pretty annoying. Okay. And um, second note, also notice after the race, Lewis is saying that the RB19 is the most dominant challenger ever. Let's just remember that in 2015, not 14, but 15, he was out qualifying any other car by a second and a half. All right, guys, keep up the good work. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Adam. Yes, you can see Adam's emotions all over the place. And I think the whole world felt like this. I think yeah. it was tragic that they tried to take that away from Alonso. He deserved that podium. The It just goes back to showing how incompetent the rule makers are. And again, I think this is because the you know the virtual center in Geneva or something, they picked up yeah. that Jack was there. And the yeah. whole appeal from Aston Martin was... Well, other people have done this before and they've showed like seven instances or something. And they went, yeah. also, it's not in the rule book that this isn't allowed. And it's not in the notes, the race director's notes from this weekend. Yeah. So why are we being penalized for it? And the stewards <laughs> were like, oh yeah, you're right. We'll change our, our ruling. 
Um, so it's just, it makes F1 look really amateur. Like it's supposed yeah. to be the pinnacle of motorsport and just continuously looks amateur with all these bad decisions and things. Um, so yeah, I think they need to invest. They need to sort out whatever they're doing with this remote center to pick up rules and things. And they need to just look more professional. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible from like a PR point of view. But it makes you almost think, do you think this is like precedent now for them to give back Lewis's championship? It's the same thing. They gave Alonso back his podium and now they could technically, they could. So yeah, they, they, they have given race wins to other people in the past when they made an error. The famous one is, you know, Kimi Raikkonen Canada. giving oh. the trophy from Brazil to Giancarlo Fisichella from all the way back mm. when Jordan were still a team. Mm. The technical thing here is the stewards made a decision. The decision was appealed and the stewards accepted that they made a wrong decision. Mm. In Abu Dhabi, the stewards never made that decision. The race director made a decision uh. and Mercedes went to appeal to say that the race director has officiated the race in an incorrect way. But the stewards only have the power to reverse their own decisions. They can't say, oh yeah, we're going to reverse the race director's decision, which is why then this whole argument came up is, does the race director have too much power that they can mm. suddenly start making things up without a check and balance in place? Well, it's definitely frustrating for us as Mercedes fans to watch it. And I think everything that happens in the last two years and going forward is tainted by the fact that we did miss out on our eighth championship in 2021. But I do want to assure our fans that I do think Lewis will win his eighth. He won't stop till he wins. Mohammed, I am going to go and um, what shall I go do? I'm going to go buy a yacht and send it to you. But I think you are going to quickly let our fans know about the Fantasy F1 and yes. uh, make some decisions about who I should pick for Australia. Yes. Yep. And I'll let you know when you deliver the yacht to me. Yeah. All right. See you later. All right, Arafat. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, guys, so that was Arfat. I uh, had to head out for a little bit. His life is considerably busier than mine. So I will ha just take a look at the F1 Fantasy League uh, right before we close out this episode. And in first place, we had our the person who we just heard from shortly a little while ago, Adam. His team, Lotus Begin Gentlemen. Woo! 670 points storming into the lead. Um, and he had a team with Verstappen, who had a three-time power doubler, uh, Perez, who had a double, two-time uh, point doubler, Alonso, Stroll, and Hulkenberg. His teams were Red Bull Racing and Aston Martin. Congratulations, Adam, for coming in first. Uh, the only thing that <laughs> held you back was Lance Stroll. So I can imagine that when he pulled over to the side, you were probably like, no. But uh, luckily enough, you still came out in first place. Our team league, uh, team, not league, team, team, our our podcast team, I remembered English words, slow pit stop. Uh, we were in seventh place with 554 points. Um, we had Verstappen with our three-time, Alonso with our two-time. Ooh, put a lot of hope into Alonso. We've got Lewis Hamilton still, Valtteri Bottas, Logan Sargent, Ferrari, and Aston Martin. Oh, we didn't talk about this. I was very disappointed with Williams, but... 
what can you do about that? Uh, and then my personal team was uh, all the way in 13th. <laughs> so making some changes to Slow Pit Stop's team. I think what we'll do is we'll drop Logan Sargent. Uh, we'll drop Valtteri Botas. And we'll try to get in. Let's see who, who else we can get in uh, instead of those guys. Uh, oh, this you have to go into my team. They've changed how you... Okay, 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 okay. I got it. I got it, you guys. <laughs> so I think we should put in I, I don't think we should have any of the Williams drivers I think it's probably still a good bet to put Lance Stroll back in um, so we could do that uh, and then you know the Alpines aren't doing too bad either so we'll try to get another Alpine in there I still like our combo of Aston Martin and Ferrari uh, the next track is Australia that's also a street circuit Mercedes could potentially do well there too, uh, and Mercedes does seem to have a very good even scoring potential. So maybe we'll see if we can fit Mercedes in there as well. Who's who knows? Who knows if any of this will work out in our benefit? But oh my god, the Australian race is at one a.m. That's awful. That's horrible. One a.m. Regardless, thank you everyone for joining us, uh, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.